Well, hello out there, and welcome again to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. So happy to have you with us. I'm Tom. I'm here, as I always am, with my beautiful wife, Michelle. Hi, everybody, and thank you for saying that, especially since I'm having quite a bad hair day today. Your hair looks beautiful. It's spectacular. I don't know what you're, you're so talking sweet. about. I love it. She's this cute little redhead, and she just looks adorable, especially oh, with headphones on. You're sweet. You know, you need to. You know, they look on. You just need the little ears on right? there. You That's know, to be like Mickey ear headphones. That be would be awesome. Uh, wait till next week. Yeah. Now, now it's on. <laughs> Maybe a little gifty coming up this uh, holiday season. Right. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Uh, thank you again for joining us this week. We are taping this show on Sunday, October 7th, 2018. We appreciate that you found us today. In the future, you can find us on 1057max.com under the Max Plus tab as well as on the Max FM app. And you can also find us on SoundCloud. We're on Stitcher. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play Music. And if you do, please just drop a little rating just a little review, just to kind of help some other uh, people who love Disney, just like you love Disney, kind of find out about this podcast. We want to grow this Hyperion adventurer family into a giant family, and uh, we want to bring everybody in. That's right. We really appreciate that, and we also appreciate when you all give us some feedback or some tips and uh, ideas, so keep them coming. We appreciate that. Yeah, we love hearing from you. We want this to be an interactive show, so please contact us uh, when you get the chance, whether it be, like Michelle said, a tip, um, whether it be something you like, whether it's something you'd like us to uh, do a little better on, whether you just want to say hi, whatever it is. We just love hearing from all of you out there. You can contact us on Twitter, at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook and Instagram, at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. You can email us at HyperionAdventuresPodcast at gmail.com. I don't know why I made this name so long, but that's what it is. <laughs> Uh, if you need to know how to spell it, uh, we will happily do that for you at some other point. Uh, you can also find us on the web as well as the uh, 1057max.com. We also have our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. You can drop us a comment there if you want to contact us that way as well. So lots of stuff for today's show. We have Star Wars news. We have uh, Walt Disney World uh, Resort Park news. Uh, we actually even have possible news about a new live action remake of a Disney classic film possibly coming Ooh, out so i can't wait <laughs> lots of stuff coming up here but what we really want to talk about and if you're following us on social media it's any of those places where i was talking about just a moment ago you saw where we were last night and that was mickey's 90th spectacular they were taping this last night and that's what our main topic is for today yes it was really exciting and it was exciting to um, get the confirmation that we got our tickets uh, via d23 thank you d23 yeah, once absolutely. again always coming through for us absolutely and anxious to talk about it and as we promised on our teaser video during the week no spoilers here you know we'll we'll talk more about the experience and about what we saw and the process of it and, and a few little things of who were who was there of course it's it was all posted news um, but you know we we're not going to spoil it for you we want you to be able to watch it on November 4th on ABC and really be able to appreciate that with maybe a little bit of the behind the scenes info absolutely that's exactly what we're looking for I won't be talking about anything that wasn't out there already in the media if you had already seen the people the guest list of who is going to be appearing at this we won't give you any real details about it but we are going to tell you a few behind the scenes things that happen that you uh, may not see 
or probably will not see actually when it airs on ABC on November 4th. But uh, it was a lot of fun. I know we were just so excited to be there. It was a great night. Lots of Disney fans. It was a good time. Yes. And you could feel it in the air and, and, you know, being around people, people we didn't know. And we got a chance to get to meet some people that we didn't know sitting around us. And just everybody had that same enthusiasm and excitement. And, you know, as they kept talking to us during breaks, this is a celebration. And we were part of the actual celebration celebration that's going to be airing and that was so fun yeah it was great and a great tribute to to mickey mouse himself the man the myth the mouse uh it, it took place at the shrine auditorium in la it's a kind of a very historic old building right in the middle of la uh it does look a little old it does look a little old but uh it's still when you get into the actual theater itself uh, it's just a fantastic setting. This great, great chandelier, this great work uh, around the stage. And it looks like uh, the Shrine Auditorium has hosted many award shows in the past. And that's what this looked like, especially the stage setup. It looked like it right, could have been any right. of the, you know, the Oscars, the Emmys, the Grammys, whatever, that kind of stage setup. Yes, it had that grandeur about it with that. Um, but as you mentioned, some some of the um, other parts of the areas, maybe not as as luxurious, but... <laughs> Hey, just, it was an awesome place to be. say the restrooms were a little dated. <laughs> That's right. The restrooms were a little dated, weren't they? <laughs> That's uh, right. But it was a great place, and uh, it was really great to be there with all those Disney fans. It was a fitting tribute to celebrate Mickey Mouse's 90th birthday. For sure, you're going to love it when it comes out on November 4th, again, on ABC. Don't miss it. Set your DVRs, whatever you got to do. Don't miss it. Uh, here's the speakers that include. Again, I'm only mention the ones that were uh, talked about in media somewhere. So uh, the speakers were uh, Kristen Bell, who you know is from many things, but right. Anna from Frozen, of course. Josh Gad, who is Olaf from Frozen, and LeFou from the live-action Beauty and the Beast. Uh, Sophia Carson, who's uh, from the Disney, uh, Disney's Descendants series. Uh, she also performed for us as well while we're there. Right. Uh, Leslie Odom Jr. Uh, who? <laughs> you may just know him as a Tony Award winner for something called Hamilton. Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> he was only Aaron Burr, sir. Uh, he performed and was and spoke as well. Tony Hale, who you may know from HBO's Veep and also Arrested Development, was there. Sarah Hyland from uh, ABC's Modern Family. They really had uh, uh, the whole Disney oeuvre covered here because right. uh, also Sage Steele from ESPN uh, right. spoke out there a little bit of uh, I won't get into it. I was about to say something but yeah, I don't want to uh, get into no. it uh, <laughs> Wendy McClendon Convy from the Goldbergs again from ABC Anna Camp and Skylar Aston from Pitch Perfect Miles Brown from Blackish another ABC show uh, Bob Burgess and Sharon Baird Two original Mouseketeers made an appearance, right. which was fantastic yes. to see. And, of course, the big man himself, outside of Mickey, Bob Iger, Disney's CEO, uh, made an appearance as well. Uh, and there was one other person that has not been mentioned anywhere in the media, but it's a big name. Uh, that person showed up as well, and I'm not going to give it away here because it hasn't been announced, but it's another right. big name that you can look forward to. And the crowd went wild. Oh, yeah, it went crazy. There was when, only a couple moments, and we'll talk about another moment when it went crazy. Up. But this place, when this person came out, uh, they went crazy. Uh, right. uh, there, there were some outstanding performances. We already talked about Leslie Odom Jr. and Sophia Carson. Also, Zach Brown Bamp, uh, did a, a number. Megan Trainer, Tori Kelly. Uh, Luis Fonsi, who you may know from the big, giant hit song, Despacito, uh, did a, a song as well. And uh, Josh Groban did a song. He's great. Uh, actually, one of the best parts of the night for me was Josh Groban. Uh, and then the K-pop group, 
NCT one two seven came out. I don't know. I I I have no idea who these this group is, but boy, let me tell you, the young ladies in the theater went crazy nuts when they took. I mean, absolutely banana. Like it felt like uh, if for those of you who've seen footage of the Beatles coming out, like it was like that. I mean, the screaming and the crying and the, it was it was amazing. It, it was, was pretty hilarious funny. in a great way. Hilarious. Right. It was wonderful to see them get so excited with when that group came on and they really could dance and yeah. they really could sing. And I, they were impressive. There's so. like 10 of them. You know, I was trying to count them because they would, they were moving so much and right. they would be like, some would go off stage and come back on stage. So I was like, okay, is there eight? No, there's nine. Oh, there's another one. There's 10. It's a big group. Right. But uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, and it was just great to watch these girls, these, uh, these young ladies just go absolutely bananas right. over this thing. I yeah. just really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Of course, I went really bananas over Leslie Odom Jr. But it's just my only <laughs> little Hamilton thing I got going on. So I was like, oh my God. There was like two sets of the audience, you know. There was the ones that, like the K-pop band, and, and then there was the ones that, you know, were really more in the traditional or, you know, well, I guess Hamilton isn't traditional, but it's maybe not as... It's Broadway, pro- so yeah. Right, right, right. So, okay. uh, I am interested to see how that comes across. Um, not obviously. Um, I am interested to see how Leslie Owen Jr. comes across, but how the uh, the K-pop group uh, NCT One Two. I don't even know if I'm saying this right. Is it NCT One Twenty Seven? Is it NTC One NCT One Two Seven? I don't know. But uh, however they come across, I'm going to be interested when they broadcast this thing on November fourth to see uh, how the crowd comes across in this. Because believe me, when you were in the theater, it sounded it was so cool. It was funny. The crowd was just going bananas. It was great. It was great. So uh, it was so cool to see how this they shot the show. They, they shot it. You know, I, I've been to uh, tapings of TV shows before, so I've seen a little bit of how these done. But this is a little bit different. I've never been to this kind of show, uh, uh, so it was interesting to see how they put it together. Um, uh, you know, and so it, that was a lot of fun for us. I think I, I, I think you'd agree. Oh, definitely, definitely. And you know, one of the things that I think was a kind of a surprise to me was just how um, fluid it was. I was, you know, I'm sure they did rehearsals and everything, but I was expecting to to be a lot more choppy, a lot more, all right, let's do that again. Let's try it this way. And there were some of those. There was a couple of them, but not not as many as you'd expect. Right, right. For so many different people. Exactly. And so I thought, wow, they did a lot of behind the scenes before we were there. So it, it was amazing. But that was very interesting to me to see that whole process, you know, and that it was pretty much already set and ready to go and, and how they could quickly change the stage setup, mm-hmm. you know, not only just bringing, um, musical equipment out there, like different pianos and everything, but just you know, it would it would be totally different from mm-hmm. one moment to the other, and you know, you it was fun watching it happen, watching the people. You know, they had a great crew, and watching them really get everything set so quickly and ready to go for the next performer. What's also great is now now with modern technology, they they can create these giant LED type screens. Right. You know, and they can do they can make it uh, this the this set anything they want so easily using these screens and they did that a lot during the show exactly uh, which was really cool uh, one thing that uh, you will not see I'm sure I have no reason why they would actually uh, bring this on to the show but I'm going to share it here because I thought we, we were like transfixed by it before the show even began there was a minor near calamity that <laughs> happened over just off to the side of the stage over here uh, there was 
some drapery that uh, one of the assistants was trying to kind of make it look pretty and look it look nice, and then suddenly it just fell. And it's one of the key areas of the of right. the stage. And so they like there was a little bit of well, you know what are we going to do? We're going to do. They brought out some people out there to try and hang it up. And they're like you know I could see we didn't know we couldn't hear them speaking or whatever, but we could see them you know and like, oh something's broken and this and that. We were like wondering if they were going to get it on actually get it up there and get it ready to go when because this is only like a half an hour before uh, taping began um and i know you thought okay well what do you do when when something gets broken right. and you don't have anything to fix it well you go to duct tape of course <laughs> that's right or the- or which is the second best thing to duct tape when you need to fix something in a in a pinch which you called it was fishing line. Fishing line is exactly what they got out to kind of tie this thing and and uh, get it up there. We couldn't actually see exactly how they did it, but I know it was fishing line that they used. And he could tell when the guy walked away. He's like, "Don't touch it again because <laughs> this is, it's fishing line, but it could go in any moment." So it was just really interesting to see them, you know, rushing at the end when the, there's all this elaborate stuff going on the stage and something as simple as a little drapery falling and having to fix it with fishing line, you know, right. but still it looked it, you, you won't notice it when you see it on the, the camera. Cause they, that it did a good enough job to fix it. Right. And it was like you mentioned, it was quite an area that was going to be recorded, you know, as a background a lot during the show. And that could have been disastrous. Yeah. And again, great crew, very impressive. Yeah. It was really great how they rallied and threw it together. And of course, either it's not duct tape fishing line always comes through, always have those in your house because they come through in a pinch so many times. So if your drapery ever fall off fishing line, <laughs> then yes. And be sure and cut line. it with your teeth because yeah. that's what the guy did. Don't, you don't need scissors. <laughs> just cut it with your teeth. You know, I, I know. I was expecting like this, this bag of tricks that somebody would come with all these things that could do repairs. And it's no, he just, like all right looked at it for a while tried to to do a couple things with the rod that was there and came back like you said with this fishing wire and cut it with his teeth and it was hilarious it was great it was so great uh really enjoyable and again that's something that uh, won't be seen i'm sure but uh really was fun for us as we were getting prepared for this show to begin uh speaking of the show uh be there right at the beginning. The opening number is outstanding. I'm not going to give you details, but I just want you to be there, whether you tape it or whether maybe set your, if you're DVRing it, uh, set it to record a couple minutes ahead because you don't want to miss a moment of the opening number, which is spectacular. It sure was. And again, it's hard to make sure we're not talking about it because a lot of great things, a lot of great performances. When it finally airs, we'll actually talk more about it again as part of that show, but uh, we don't want to, we don't want to, take away too much of the magic from you because we know that you are all looking forward to seeing this just like we and you should be because it, it's spectacular it, it, the spectacular is the appropriate name for it because it really is spectacular right and i think that what also is impressive when you're watching it is to realize that was all on one stage live you know very little break the breaks were the actual commercial times mm-hmm. and so it's not like um okay they they stopped 20 minutes later they have another set going it's it's kind of like a play it's just it's evolving as as you're watching it so when you are watching it just realize that it's all one flat stage that they're doing a lot of behind the scenes to get things set up for the next shot. And there actually was one part that we haven't seen yet because there was a part where they they, they did a couple of clips of films and stuff and there was one that's like film yet to come because uh, they haven't finished it yet. So there's something new that they're putting together that we haven't seen yet. So when we actually watch it, one, we're looking forward, to, of course, seeing how it all comes together on November 4th, but also to see this uh, film that we haven't got to see yet uh, throughout the show. Right. Um, 
I'm sorry. Well, and maybe we should back up from the beginning of the process too. Of prior to the to the show starting, you know that they did introduce the director, mm-hmm. and then they had um, Jay, right? That was his name, the crowd control yeah. person, come out. So maybe we'll talk a little bit about that process because I think that kind of bringing it back to the beginning of how this all worked out. Yeah, he warmed us all up and got us out there cheering and having a good old time and uh, filmed, they actually filmed some crowd shots before we even began uh, to make sure that they get great crowd shots. They filmed a few before they began. Yes, everybody still did their part within the show themselves, but they kind of wanted to get some extra stuff just to kind of embellish that a little bit, you know. Right. And it also helped get the crowd really enthusiastic because, you know. fired up. You know, you, everybody is uh, was told to arrive early, and you know there was a lot of sitting time before the actual show started. So you know you had to get people back up to you know moving around and getting excited, and so that that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, it was you know it really got everybody going, and we've been let's let's say we were waiting for a while. We got to to the theater early, stood in line, got into the theater like. Uh, an hour, hour and a half right. before oh, yeah. the show even started. So, you know, there were some people that were still just kind of, you know, you'd sit in the theater for a while, you're waiting for this thing to happen, you know, and everybody's excited, but, you know, maybe it waned a little bit. So, but he got us really pumped up and uh, he, he did a really great job. And he would come back, uh, you know, at some of the commercial breaks, you know, we did have legitimate like three, four minute commercial breaks within this and would come out and, you know, talk with us and get us all inspired. And, uh, you know, not that we needed it, but it, it doesn't hurt at all. Right. And sometimes we did hear again from the director who would tell us some mm-hmm. of the things that were happening, um, especially if they had to do a reshoot shoot of something they would kind of explain it so it was that that was exciting to me yeah, i mean no. it made it again what's the behind the scenes going on with filming such a yeah exactly a by the way the director and i'm, I'm sorry i don't have his name here Mishner. unfortunately Mishner, uh multiple emmy award winner so uh really good he's he's done this for many years right. in the business and uh, is really good, and I know he's going to put together a great show, and it was a great show. We saw, right. and he seemed very heartfelt yeah. at the beginning when he he seemed very humbled and honored to have this opportunity to work with the Disney company for this, you know, enormous celebration of Mickey Mouse. Absolutely, absolutely. It was he, yeah. He came out and addressed the whole crowd, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, Mickey, he Mickey. There's a lot of Mickey in this, as there should be. Right. Uh, Mickey is around all the time. I'll just say that. I'm not going to give away anything, but he is around all the time, and he's going to do some stuff. They said this to begin with, and I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. He's going to do some stuff that you've never seen Mickey do before. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but just be ready for that. Mickey he is, talented. is amazing. He is talented. Not that we didn't already know that, but <laughs> Mickey is amazing. Right. And another behind the scenes is when Mickey was on stage during the commercial breaks and he still was totally um, involved with the audience and with other um, people working on the stage and everything. And that was really cute. He was to totally see. interactive with the crowd uh, and everything. Even when we were in the stop down areas, Mickey was the lovable guy. You, you know him as he was all over the place, uh, just very friendly and was, he was fantastic as he always was. And he wasn't the only one that was interactive as, as we were at these stop downs. Um, some of the celebrities that were there also were very interactive with the crowd, which was a lot of fun. Josh Gad was a riot in between the, we were a little commercial break, uh, stop down and he was a riot out there as you would expect Josh Gad would be. He looks, he seems to be everything you think of him when you watch him in these movies. Right. We were actually talking about that on the drive home is, that 
he just he is what he is. You you know, he is very much a great performer, but he also is really the way you would expect him to be is how he acts in real life. Absolutely. Uh, Luis Fonsi, who we talked about, you know, the singer for Despacito, who did his song out there on the stage, also was very interactive with the crowd, yes. bilingually interactive, which was really a lot of fun for everybody in there. Um, right. It, and that- the person that I'm not going to name was also very interactive with the crowd. Well, and, you know, going back to Luis Fonsi, that was one of the things that they did a retake on. I couldn't see anything as to the reason why, per se, um, but certainly thrilled that they did because it's like, yeah, let's watch a little longer some of this again, you yeah. know. His performance was one of the best performances. Right. I mean, right. they were all great, but his was one of the better ones for sure. Right, right. But as you mentioned, as they were, you know, getting everything reset up to do that second shoot, he was hysterical, you know, with crowd shout outs to him. Yeah. So it was it was great all around. Uh, when it does air on November fourth, you may see us, you may not. We were kind of up. We had really great seats, but we were up in the very the second row of the balcony. Um, really, it was a great spot to kind of just overlook this thing. I'm not sure how much the cameras actually hit our area, um, but you will see a lot of the crowd out there. Um, we even got some gifts. I'm not going to tell you what they were because they're part of the show, but everybody in the crowd got gifts. Uh, it was really cool, really fun. It's amazing. You're going to want to check it out when it's on ABC on November 4th. There's no question about it. You're, you're obviously listening to this podcast. Well, we hope you are because you're Disney fans. Uh, and since you are, you're going to want to see this show, and especially if you love Mickey Mouse and you know, and all the whole Disney family. You're really going to love this show. Right. So going back to a question you asked me on the on the way home, mm. I'm going to ask you. So what was your favorite? I can't say. Well, you could say the entertainer. Oh, Mickey. <laughs> That's true. Mickey was my favorite. Uh, outside, of course, I love Leslie Odom Jr. Right. And no, but uh, That's true. Well, I love Josh Groban. He was fantastic. Uh, and the performances were, were magnificent. Um, and like I said, some of these speakers were hilarious. Some were very serious. And uh, it was all great all the way around. Um, but Mickey, you know, as he should, he stole the show. Right, right. Yeah, I always have to say, like I mentioned to you last night, one of my favorite parts included Mickey and Minnie. That's yeah. all I'll say. Yeah. Oh, of course. The the two lovebirds. Yes. They're so cute together. Absolutely. They're so adorable. Just as I hope we are. Uh, anyway. <laughs> we are. We are. I hope you people see that. She's cute. I'm just, I'm, no. we're, we're definitely Beauty and the You're Beast. There's no hottie. question. No the Beauty way. and the Beast. No There's way. no question. I'm the big hairy guy. No. Have yeah. you looked in the mirror? Yeah. You're gorgeous. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> I'm talking too much about ourselves now. <laughs> uh, back to the show. You're going to want to see it November 4th. Again, we'll talk about it more after the show airs, but it's great. Uh, if you do have any specific questions you want to ask us about it, feel free to email us or contact us on social media. Uh, Podcast at gmail.com is how you can email us, and we'll uh, answer anything specifically if you just don't care about spoilers and want to know. Because there's some people like that. They just don't want they, – they don't care. They just want to right. know what happened. We'll be happy to answer it. I just don't want to do it to a widespread audience, which we assume there's a widespread audience out there. Because how could there not be? Right. Right? <laughs> right? Absolutely. Hello? Anybody out there? Hello? Anyway. <laughs> So it was great. A lot of fun. We were lucky to go. Uh, blessed to be able to have these tickets. D23. We talked about D23 a, n- a number of times. 
they got us these tickets again, and right. uh, we were very blessed to be there. Right, and I think um, of the seats that were were given to, you know, I think like you mentioned, we were in the balcony section um, on the the main orchestra section. Appeared to be a lot of either celebrities, uh, families of celebrities, etc. Um, Family of other people that were appearing in the show. Right. I think there were some Disney uh, cast members right, that were right. lucky enough to be able to go as well. Right, um, um, but. So for not being able to be in with the VIPs, I think we had some of the We're best. We're not VIPs? We had... I thought being with us means they're VIPs. That's true. <laughs> the v- joking, VIPs. Joking. <laughs> totally joking. Totally. No, no. Very, very important people. Yes. In our own minds. <laughs> and that's in right. In our own that's minds. That's right. Absolutely. Um, however, I think for D23, we gave us the best seats. Um, you know, we had the, like you mentioned, uh, we were in row two of the balcony. There were D23 people in row one. We just happened to not be in that first. We're a little slow getting from San Diego to LA. Right, so we just right. got there a little, a little later. So we got row two, but, uh, but we were still good. Nothing wrong with that. It was um, really center. We got to see everything oh, yeah, we really had, well. No, I, I really loved our seats. In some ways, I think our seats were better than some of the back orchestra seats. Where you, Right. Well, uh, I, yeah. Outside of maybe the camera would have picked you out better if you wanted to be on on the the show itself right um our viewpoint was fantastic we were right there kind of almost over the stage right and that's something that uh, crossed my mind during the performances is that we got to see it at that a little higher Mm -hmm. level we got to see a little more behind the scenes on maybe some of the backstage area not back backstage but on the further back part of what's being televised um and then knowing that when it comes when it airs, we'll then see it more ground level. Right. And so have, having had that opportunity to see the different perspectives I'm, was great. Yeah, I'm excited to see how this whole thing comes together when it's all said and done and how it's edited and, and brought together as one complete package because they still have a month to kind of get it all together and get it done. Um, I'm excited. I mean, it was great to watch it in person, but I'm also excited to see the final product when it comes out on November 4th. Right. Seeing the whole stage is, again, comparing it like to a play. We got to see all the different parts interacting at one, you know, at, at each time. Whereas when it's televised, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more close up some some things. So that'll be beneficial for us because then we'll get to to see it from that angle and you know see more detail when we were maybe looking at it more of a broad stroke. And you know, it's funny because you'd think sometimes, in some ways, you're like, okay, you're seeing all this stuff that's happening there. You're kind of, you know, uh, you know pulling the cloak up for the wizard on, on Oz or whatever, right. you know, don't pay no attention to this man behind the curtain or whatever. Does that take away the magic? I didn't think it took away the magic at all no, of this show. No. It was really magical. I mean, yes, I mean, there's a couple things that we saw how they did it, but I still thought they, they Disney did such a great job of providing magic, even for the people that were there, that they, they kept it really in line with what people would expect. And so I don't think it took too much of the magic away from it at all. I I thought it was a very magical experience. Exactly. And as, as, as Jay said many times, this was a celebration that Mm -hmm. we were a part of and they really made it feel that way. Yeah. Oh, there's no question. It was totally fun and totally a celebration of 
the person or the mouse we should be celebrating, which is Mickey, Absolutely. our favorite. Mickey, our favorite. So that's it for our main topic of the week. We always go through at least one main topic, sometimes two, depending on what we got going on this week. But then we get to our Disney stories of the week. Uh, we, we do this every week. If you haven't listened to this show before, main topic, we go to Disney stories of the week. Hit. Uh, there's always so many Disney things going on and we like to kind of put in our two cents about it, you know, because we think we're very important people, you know, but like I said, in our own minds. Um, and then we go through tips for uh, people's vacations. If you're having a trip to, uh, whether it be the Disneyland Resort or the Walt Disney World Resort or Disney Cruise Line, whatever. Uh, and that's how we kind of go about the show. So let's get to our Disney stories of the week. And I'm going to start with something I teased already. A new live action remake may be in the works at Disney. According to the Hollywood Reporter, the next uh, movie that might be getting the live action Disney treatment is 2002's Lilo and Stitch. Wow. Yeah, very interesting. That is interesting. Uh, we actually enjoyed that movie a lot. Right. Uh, apparently, this again, according to the Hollywood Report, the studio has hired up and comer Mike Van Weiss, 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 Mike Van Weiss <laughs> to pen the script for the remake, which will be produced by Dan Lin and Jonathan Eyrick. Uh, it's unclear whether the new project, was, which is intended to be a live action slash CG hybrid, is intended for theatrical release. Or Disney streaming service that is set to, of course, launch next year. I'm betting this This sounds like something that's going to go to the streaming service. Right. I'm not that's... sure of that, but I'm betting this is for the streaming right. service. Right, and it would make sense. They're trying to in- increase the amount of contents they have on that that uh, platform, so that mm-hmm. would make sense. Yeah, and they're already right. doing Lady and the Tramp, you know, uh, for that as well, among a couple other. Um, and I'm kind of interested. I'm, you know, I, I always get a little worried when some of these movies get told they're going to be make live action remake, but Disney has not failed yet in any of them right, when they've right. done them. So I kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. So we'll see. Lilo and Stitch seems like a, a curious choice. As much as we like the animated movie, uh, it's actually a bright spot in what was kind of a slow period uh, during Disney animation. Right. Um, We'll see how this goes, but it'll be interesting to see for sure. Yeah, looking forward to the music that could come out of there, too. <laughs> there we go. Maybe we got some new with that. Right. We always like listening to some of the Hawaiian-style music that comes out of that uh, movie. So, right. interesting, interesting. Yes. Uh, as you may know, if you know us very well, not only are we Disney fans, but we are also giant Giant Star Wars fans. I'm wearing a Star Wars shirt as we speak, yes. as a matter of fact. Well, new tales, new details came out this week for the new Star Wars live-action television series that, again, also talking about their streaming service, is going to be uh, added to their streaming service uh, when it comes out in 2019. As you may already know, uh, John Favreau is the one who's producing this series. Uh, they have a title for it now. It came out this week. It's going to be titled The Mandalorian. Uh, which is basically, you know, Mandalore is a planet. Uh, you may know of like Boba Fett and Jango Fett. They wear the Mandalorian right. armor. Uh, it's very famous armor and very famous planet within the Star Wars universe. Uh, this coming from StarWars.com. They were, they, uh, Mandalorian is set after the fall of the Empire and before the emergence of the First Order. So if you want to know where it is in the Star Wars timeline, there it is. Uh, they will follow the travails of a lone gunfighter in the outer reaches of the galaxy far from the authority of the New Republic. And if you see, there's a picture that they released with it too, and it's uh, whoever is the, it looks like, the, I'm assuming it's the main character in the Mandalorian armor walking through what looks like a classic style uh, Star Wars marketplace or community or whatever. It looks very much like a Western, which a lot of people think a lot of Star Wars movies are kind of like right. a Western in many regards. 
Um, I know Solo actually has a very Western feel to me. Exactly. Um, um, so really interesting stuff. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I, I read that and that was really exciting to hear. And I think that is a great new direction to explore, you know, because then they can actually, you know, it's not like just exploring one person, but you know, more of the culture associated. So right. I think, I mean, awesome. we, we've seen Mandalore and the Mandalorians, uh, you know, looked into within the Clone Wars and within Rebels a little bit and, you know, some slightly in some other movies and definitely in the books. Uh, but it'll be interesting to get a little more of that because I think they're a very interesting culture and uh, I know that they're a fan favorite out there. Right. Uh, along with Favreau, the show will also be produced by Dave Filoni you may know as the one who does Clone Wars, Rebels, yes. Star Wars Resistance, by the way, which is airing tonight, Sunday night. I know, can't wait. October 7th, which is when we're taping this, and we're looking forward to watching that later. Uh, also, Kathleen Kennedy, of which that shouldn't surprise you, is right. part of this. By the way, she just got re-upped for a new deal, uh, so good for her. Right, exactly. Uh, good for her. Uh, directors, some really big-name directors are being uh, going to be taking part of this. Uh Oh, I'm going to totally butcher his name. Uh, Taika Waititi, who you may know as the director of Thor Ragnarok. He also plays yeah. Korg, by the way, the voice of Korg in that movie. Um, he's going to be directing at least an episode. Bryce Dallas Howard, who you may have seen in a few movies, including Jurassic World. Uh, I guess she's also directed Soulmates, but she's also maybe best known as Ron Howard's daughter. Who? I don't know if that's who's, <laughs> I don't know if that's how she's best known, but just if you're wondering, trying to right. picture it, uh, she's Ron Howard's daughter. Deborah Chow, who did uh, Marvel's Jessica Jones from Netflix, uh, has also been tapped to direct an episode or two of this. So, really cool. Um, like I said, the, the photo. Check out the photo of the of the, what I assume is the lead character in the Mandalorian armor walking through the marketplace. It, yeah, it makes you excited. Just right. that one picture, it makes you excited right. for to see this. If you're a Star Wars fan. Or nut, like I am, and like you are. You may be actually be more of a nut than me. It's really funny, you know. I'm, I'm a Star Wars nut, but Michelle may be more of a nut than me. Well, I think that statement in and of itself, if you even if you clip it out of anything else, is a true statement. <laughs> oh, Star boy. Wars or not? Yeah, nuts. We're, nuts. we're both a couple nuts, right? A couple coconuts. Exactly. Uh, speaking of more Star Wars news that came out this week, which was kind of interesting, there was a new study that found uh, came out that found that uh, some of the negative press that came for Star Wars: The Last Jedi may have actually come from Russian trolls and was politically motivated. Oh, my gosh. I know. Really? Right. Uh, this is from businessinsider.com. A recent study's findings published in, quote, weaponizing the haters, the last Jedi, unquote. And the strate- oh, no, it's, I'm sorry. It's not the end quote. And the strategic politicization of pop culture through social media manipulation. And I thought our name for our show was long. Right. Um, was done by researcher Morton Bay. It looks into the reactions to the movie online, particularly the negative criticism that's made the movie controversial within the Star Wars fandom. In the paper, again, this is all from businessinsider.com, Bay suggests that much of the aggressive negative criticism isn't genuine and that some of it isn't even coming from Star Wars fans. Bay wrote that there was, quote, evidence of deliberate organized political influence measures disguised as fan arguments. He says, quote, overall, 50.9% of those tweeting negatively was likely politically motivated or not even humid. Wow. Humid. Human, end quote. Pretty sad. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, this... 
this this seems like a political statement by this person. I don't know what it is with the, the, the study, and I'm, I don't want to delve into politics so much here, but right. I just found it kind of interesting and that how some of this stuff is out there. And I know bots do go out and, sure. and attack various different things for many reasons. Well, I guess the good takeaway, if that is true, then there are many more happy people about Star Wars and the the last movie and... Well, not the last movie. The, the last Jedi. The last Jedi. A specific, specifically. Right. The last in the, uh, the trilogy group, the Skywalker right. series. Um, yeah, I, and I've always thought all along, uh, yes, uh, is there some negativity out there about Star Wars? Whether this is true or not. Right. Is there negativity about stories? Yes, but it's not that. I didn't think the majority. I actually thought the majority of the people are pretty happy with Star Wars and what's going. Maybe they don't like a few things about it. You know, maybe right. they, they would change a few things, but for the most part, they're happy with it. It's just the people that aren't happy are really loud about being unhappy. Right. You know, and they sound like they're a bigger group than they really are. Um, so, right, right. Uh, whether or not it's actually Russian trolls, I don't know. I don't know. But, but that's, it, I just found that story interesting. Yeah, that is, that is. And like I said, I get, at least... It's reassuring to know that there's probably more likelihood that people are happier. Like you said, everybody has an opinion about the movies and can even you and I differ in some of our perspectives of what we liked or didn't like about the movie, but not to the point where we'd be out there being so negative. So. Or, or lashing out at some of the actors, which I think is right. the worst part of it. No matter what you think of the movie, if you absolutely hated the movie and you legitimately hated the movie, you have there's never a reason to be lashing out at the actors themselves. Right, or, right. Especially getting really really rude about it uh, just it, it, you just have no business doing exactly. that so anyway uh that, i just thought that was very fascinating very fascinating yeah interesting yeah uh so we have a little park news for you as well here just a couple things from the parks uh, actually from uh, walt disney world resort uh if you've always wanted to meet and get a picture with disney's most well-known pirate well your chance is coming at magic kingdom park unfortunately they recently canceled the pirate tutorial show that used to take place oh. nearby the pirates of the caribbean attraction i know we, we enjoyed watching that from afar we never right. really i mean it's for the kids you right. know but it was still fun for us to watch from afar yeah uh but now however in that same space there will be a meet and greet with your favorite captain and mine Captain Jack Sparrow. All right. Yeah. So uh, daily throughout the day, he'll he'll be out there uh, taking pictures and talking with you, and you, you can get your chance to ask him things like, "Hey, you know, where's your famous compass pointing to now?" Or you know, tell me about those really bad eggs. <laughs> or why is the rum always gone? <laughs> right. Yeah. I love Jack Sparrow. At least, and I always thought he was a great character in the parks. Whenever you run into the parks, and I think this is fun that you're going to get to be able to do it uh, on more of a set basis, not just randomly out the parks right, as well. Right. Right. And they have other fun things over in that area, so that that fits in pretty well with yeah. with that to have that kind of a meet and greet. Awesome. That'll be fun. Fun. Uh, one other park note is just a really quick one here. Uh, Disney announces that uh, Tom Sawyer's Island uh, out at the uh, Magic Kingdom Park is going to be closing for a two-month refurbishment. Uh, this is from uh, WDW News Today, who we get a lot of our news from. They, they're great. Uh, you should check them out if you like to hear Disney news. Uh, they'll be closing beginning October 14th uh, through December 21st. Just putting that out there just in case you have plans to be going out to uh, Disneyland or excuse me, uh, the Magic Kingdom Park in, in that time period. So uh, one other note that I didn't think I was going to bring up, I thought about it, but I didn't think I was going to bring it up today, but just more thing kind of confirmed it. And um, this could be a small spoiler. So if you want to fast forward like two minutes or three minutes here, if you're concerned about an Avengers four spoiler, go ahead and do that. But uh, Mark Ruffalo 
appeared on Jimmy Fallon, and apparently he may have let the title of Avengers 4 slip. Ooh. Which is funny because Mark Ruffalo has been has let things slip in the past. <laughs> so they, 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 they're a very funny joke about it. Um, they, they aired it. Apparently they bleeped out what the, the title was. I'm going to say it right here, right now. So definitely, if you don't want to hear it, it doesn't really give anything away, but other than the title. Do you want to hear it? I can tell you to plug your ears if you don't want to hear it. Um, I'll hear it. Okay. Uh, so here it is. Avengers Annihilation. Ew. Uh, is what it's said to be. Um, so, but the funny thing about this is, and this cracks me up every time this happens, is that this has happened again from Mark Ruffalo. He's let things allegedly slip in the past. We've seen it from Spider-Man. Tom Holland has allegedly let things slip in the past. I think this is all a plan by Marvel, personally. Right, you right. Know, just to have kind of make these... these uh, actors be a little bit more beloved. Like, oh, see, we're just like you. Yeah, we just let things slip. I think it's all plotted out. I don't think they let these things slip. If they do, it's 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 even more great, you know, because you never know. But I think they want you to be, you know, always interested in these uh, these actors and what they're doing, just in case they might let something slip. Exactly. You know? But uh, I just thought that was funny. Um, and it doesn't give anything away about the actual story. Uh, but uh, and I don't know if that's actually true. This is what we're kind of told. But the the response why I decided to bring it up is because. Uh, you know, uh, there, I saw a tweet before I headed in here that Ruffalo said, you know, Hey, Jimmy Fallon. And I'm, I'm, I'm uh, not really quoting the actual quote. I'm kind of just going through it, but he's just, uh, you know, Hey, Jimmy Fallon, you know, Hey, this was supposed to be off the record. Can you please bleep it out or whatever? And then it was just right underneath it. It was a, uh, t- a tweet from the Russo brothers who are of course directing, uh, Avengers four, you're fired. <laughs> That's great. So that's what kind of like, okay, maybe they're, you know, again, whether they're just all having fun at Marvel fans' expense, I don't know, but uh, still it was a good time. And that's why I ended up bringing it up. I actually wrote it, I hand wrote it onto my notes here because I wasn't planning on talking about it before now, but that just kind of cemented it for me. Right. Awesome. That's our Disney stories of the week. As we always wrap up our show with vacation tips of the week. That way, if any of you are planning to go out to the parks or the Disney Cruise Line, run Disney, some races are coming up uh, very, very soon. uh, We'd like to give you a little tip uh, to help you along with your plans. And we always start with the wonderful, beautiful, (laughs) lovely, gorgeous, exotic (laughs) Michelle because she gives the greatest tips and because she's just so fantastic. You're So, so wonderful. Here is Michelle's tip of the week. Well, thank you, sweetie. So, you know me, and I love the list, the top. So I have a top fives list of adult must-experience activities on board a Disney cruise. So it's not meaning that you should abandon the family, you know, or, or the family elements of your vacation, but just to build in some time for kids to have their own fun and you as an adult to have your own fun time too. So number five is take full advantage of the family dining benefits. So, you know, one, you have the same servers at each dinner, so they can, they get to know your kids and that kind of helps offload you from having to really pay meticulous attention to what they're always ordering and everything. And they also get to know you and your likes. And what we've seen at at some cruises is those servers are the ones that may offer suggestions to us of trying out something that may not be 
what we would have gone for. But again, the servers are also helping the kids. They help cut up their food. And if you do take the second seating, you can sign your kids up for the dine and play. And that means once dinner and desserts is over, the kids can move on to a counselor who comes into the restaurant and then they get to go have some fun youth activities and you get to then start your evening as an adult right then and there. You might want to enjoy some coffee or cocktails at the table before going out to party more. Number four is uh, attend one of the adult cooking demos. That's always fun. You usually get a taste of what what the chef is is demoing for you. Number three, uh, try out the wine or cocktail tastings. Mm, Those are always fun. Uh, They are. They are super fun and interactive. Whatever you do, don't do them back to back. Because we've seen some people do them back to back. (laughs) And they're staggering out of there. It's pretty funny. Exactly. So they are interactive. They're not snobby at all. We've gone to some that were even like champagne tastings and and everything. It's just a lot of fun. Um, You can sign up in advance or on ship after boarding. Uh, Number two, try brunch at Palo. Mm-hmm. You know, and it goes without saying that the the dining experiences at Palo's or Remy's is amazing. Um, and if if you, you know, obviously want to have some time that you are with the family, so we're not saying doing this all the time, but Palo brunch is really to die for. Mm-hmm. So uh, go there with an empty stomach, though, because there is seriously too much great food to eat um, there. And number one, last but not least, is Alone Time. And that really is the name of this spa splurge. It's a little pricey, but you really do get an amazing amount of pampering. You can actually do it, even though it says Alone Time, you can do it as a couple. Um, but Alone together. Or alone. Yes, that's right. Alone together. But that is the name of the spa treatment itself. And it really is great. Um, you know, you get to pick uh, a spa treatment, but you first start out going out on a uh, on a patio. And even though we frequently get balconies when we're on board ship, it's really a different experience on this balcony because, you know, you do have uh, one, a hot tub for you to, to have some time in and you also have a lounge. And so you get a little bit of time there before the spa treatment. And then after the spa treatment, they, they bring you um, tea and some fruit and you get to just sit there and just kind of just take in the the experience that you had and it's just it is totally relaxing totally decompress right? oh you know, absolutely so many of us work very hard whether you know it's your job whether right. it's at home with your family whatever it may be we all work very hard we have some stressful lives at times it's nice to just completely decompress and disney cruise line the cruise line gives you some opportunities to definitely do that exactly so again we know you're going on this cruise if you're going as a family you're going on it to have family time um but it's, it's okay to have that opportunity to, to uh, treat yourself as well. And if you're not there with family, because we've gone on the Disney cruise without uh, family or kids, it, these are also some fun things to do as, mm-hmm. as an adult and get some adult time. Absolutely. Um, that, by the way, if you do uh, the second seating dinner, that, uh, what was it, the dine and play right. thing with the counselors, 
is great because sometimes you just want to sit and relax, especially if you're there with uh, some friends or family or whatever, or some adult family or, or whatever with you, and you just want to sit and have a dessert, have a cup of coffee. You don't want to kind of rush through dinner, but you don't want to want the kids to get antsy, and you know, you, you know, sometimes you don't want to sit. The kids don't want to sit at the dinner table for an hour and a half or whatever. Um, really, you know, it makes it makes you feel comfortable, and you can have a nice relaxing dinner, and they don't have to suffer through a, a long boring dinner as right. well because they can go out and have some fun too. Right, because so. they're usually getting antsy once dessert is done and sure. and a lot of times too the servers are trying to bring out food ahead for the kids um when they can or during some some of the the meals so um yeah it it helps you know make everybody happy there and so again the um the the wine or cocktail tastings the brunch at palo and the alone time or or, or the spa treatments whatever spa treatment if you want to consider that can be booked in advance once you've made your full payment. Yeah. Perfect. As I said, Michelle always gives the best (laughs) tips. So always listen to her tips and then you can decide if you want to go through my tip. Her tips are always the best and those are great tips uh, for a Disney cruise line. Now on to my tip and my tip, I'm not going to even just, mess around with. I'm actually stealing this tip from one of our OG Hyperion adventurers. This person doesn't know it. I'm probably not going to tell them about it unless they happen to be listening, but I'm just (laughs) going to go ahead and steal it from them and just take it as my own. This is my tip. This is not their tip. This is my tip. It's a great tip. That's why I'm taking it as my own. So here's the tip. If you're staying at the Walt Disney World Resort, you probably already know or you may not know, uh, you can begin securing Fast Fast Pass Plus selections 60 days uh, from the beginning of your stay, 30 days if you're staying off-site and have purchased theme park admission tickets. But mostly I'm talking about people that are staying on-site. Uh, when your window opens up, here's the tip. You know, there are people that are securing their selections for not all, you know, for near the end of their trip as well as the beginning of your trip, okay? If you can understand that, that you know, there. So uh, one way to, if you're going to go for some of the more popular attractions, it opens up the window best for you is let's say you're staying a week at the Walt Disney World Resort. And you can book, of course, three uh, Fast Pass Pluses per day for all those days. Uh, it benefits you if on some of the more popular attractions, like Flight of Passage, Slinky right. Dog Dash, or whatever, to when your window opens up, instead of booking those on the first couple days of your trip, book those on the last few days of your trip. The reason for this is that because... Uh, when you your window's opening up, it's the end of other people's windows. So they may be trying to book those dates as well as exactly the same time you're trying to book those dates. So they may not be available. However, if you're at the end of your trip, you have a smaller people, group of people that are trying to book those same dates because they may not have their date may not open up till a day after yours does, or right. two days after you, or five days after yours does. So that allows you to get a better chance at some of these really popular attractions where the fast passes go very, very quickly. So when you're going to try and book these things, yes, you can try for the early days, but I would suggest booking for the later days in your trip for some of the very popular ones because I just think you'll have least letter resistance. So uh, that's my tip. It's mine alone. Yeah, sure. No one else gave this to me. I didn't <laughs> steal it from anywhere on Facebook or the, anywhere. I didn't, and I'm completely kidding. Robert, uh, thank you very much. I saw you post this tip in the past. I think it's a brilliant tip, and uh, that's why I'm stealing it as my own, because uh, you, you did such a great job with this tip. Absolutely. Robert's one of our favorite uh, OG Hyperion adventurers, who may be joining us, actually, in some episodes uh, coming up here in the yeah, future. working on some good topics with him. Absolutely. 
absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, by the way, before we go from the show, I wanted to give a shout out to all those Disney Parks Moms Panels hopefuls that are out there. Uh, We've gotten into round two of the selection process. People are submitting their videos and answering their questions this week. They're about to get those in. Uh, For those of you that are Heading into round two, uh, you know, we want to send all our pixie dust your way and good luck wishes. Uh, hoping you uh, go far and this is really works out for you. And for those of you that didn't make it through uh, past round one, we've been there. Right. We understand the heartbreak it can be, but we're here for you, uh, whatever you need. Uh, right. And I'm hugging the mic. <laughs> we're hugging Sending you a Sending a hug out there via the mic um, because we know how heartbreaking that can be and, and you know, a, quite a big disappointment. Yeah. But. But it's not, it's just not your time. Right. Your year is coming, all you out there that didn't make it. If you're still in it, this may be your year. If you don't make it, whether it was after round one, if it's after round two, if it's even after round three, just because this isn't your year doesn't mean your year isn't coming. Right. So stick to it. You guys are all great. And we know that eventually you guys are going to be part of this helpful group, the Disney Parks Mom Panel, that helps so many people out there. So Exactly. Yes. So that's it. Thanks again for joining us. Next week, I think Michelle already led into this a little bit, but we're going to do it anyway because I just have it in my notes and I just can't change anything. <laughs> uh, we're going to do our, we're going to continue our five favorite things series next week. And that's going to be our five favorite things on a Disney cruise. Yeah. So maybe some of what Michelle has said, maybe something completely different uh, from what Michelle has said there. Uh, we're also going to talk about Star Wars Resistance. As we've told you, it airs for the first time on Disney Channel tonight, um, which is Sunday, October 7th, as I said at the beginning when we taped this. Uh, so we're going to talk a lot about that. If you have anything to say about it, if you want to give us your impressions of the show, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook and Instagram at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. You can email us, Hyperion Adventures Podcast. I know it's a long name, but please just stick to it. Type it. You only have to type it once, and hopefully you'll stay and remember in your email. Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com, and you can connect with us on the web at Hyperion Adventures Podcast.com. We'd love to hear what you think about Star Wars Resistance, uh, the debut episode that's coming up uh, this week. Right. And if you also have some of your favorite things for uh, Disney Cruise, since that's going to be our topic next week as well, you know, feel free to share that with us and we'll share it on your behalf on the podcast, give you full credit for it. And uh, and I think I'll be able to find five more favorite things to do. You think what so? about you? Yeah. I can, I can name a hundred <laughs> favorite things to do on right? Disney Cruise Line. I could go, but we... You know, we only have, like, I want to keep the show around an hour tops, you know, so (laughs) we don't succeed at that very often. But I want to keep it as short as possible. The Disney Cruise is great. Um, By the way, I think Robert is probably going to be upset because I think I convoluted his his tip. He's going to come write me this week and say, dude, I had stated this perfectly, and you went and said all this stuff, and it made no sense to anybody. So anyway, (laughs) Robert, thank you for the tip. So. Uh, you can find, you found us today. You can find us in the future on 1057max.com under the Max Plus tab and on the Max FM app. We're also on SoundCloud and Stitcher. Subscribe to us, iTunes and Google Play Music. Whenever an episode comes out, you'll get a little announcement on your phone or iPad or whatever tablet you use, whatever it may be. And you'll know that, uh, our new episode is out. Uh, and if you just get a chance, please, please, uh, we'd really appreciate it. We may do something coming on in the future. I'm kind of thinking about doing a thing when we get, finally get maybe a, a select amount of reviews that we may do a giveaway to one of those people that reviews us. So just put that out there. Um, give us a rating and a review. I'd really appreciate it. Even just a rating. All you gotta do is click the star. You know, just like, 
five star. Yes, click five star. <laughs> Don't click one star. Five star. Five stars there. Five star. There, five stars. Five star. Five star. Um, just whatever you feel is, is appropriate. We appreciate it in any way. Um, it really helps others just like you find our show, believe me. So that's it. Thanks again for listening to the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We look forward to sharing some more time with you again next week. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week. Bye.